filibuster, filibuster freestyle, filibuster, filibuster. Watch out for the filibuster, filibuster, freestyle. Happy New Year, everybody! Welcome to 2017. Filibuster freestyle. That's right. It's a happy New Year, as I just said. It's your buddy Gavin back for 2017 filibuster freestyle. Hope you had a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, a great Kwanzaa, any other holidays you may or may not have celebrated since we did our last show. Um, we hope it was a great one. We hope you got to see your friends and your family. And we hope that you are doing well with your Sunday scaries or maybe your Monday scaries as I record this on January 2nd, which is a Monday, because people are going to have to get back to real life starting tomorrow. So what I figured we would do is a little compilation from some of our pundits Related to New Year's. So we're going to cover things like um, really good New Year's Eve stories, really bad New Year's Eve stories, outlandish predictions for 2017, uh, not hot takes on things that happened in 2016, a.k.a. reflections, things of that nature. Got a lot of folks coming your way. I'll do my best to introduce them as we go. But uh, again, filibusterfreestyle.com is where you can find us on the web. Check us out on Facebook, SoundCloud, iTunes. Twitter, actually, at Gavin Viano, anywhere you want. So anyway, with that, we're going to go to our first guest, who is scheduled to be the great Andrew Patterson, and we're going to talk to him about his New Year's stories coming up next. Thanks a lot. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as promised, the first of our pundits to make an appearance in 2017 was our first ever pundit to make an appearance on the freestyle. That must mean it's Andrew Patterson on the line. What's up, my man? Not much, not much. Proud to be a man of firsts on uh, the filibuster freestyle. Real man of genius, you know what I mean? Uh, 2017 is upon us. We are rapidly approaching the two-year anniversary of the freestyle, which will be the end of January. I don't know what we're going to do for it yet, but I do know that we made it. We were, we've almost made it to two years. Uh, we got a website now. We haven't gotten fired from our jobs. Uh, things are looking up. Things are looking up. Yeah, a lot of likes in Sri Lanka, a lot of likes in Nepal to all our friends in those places. In Colombo, the capital of Sri Lanka, and in Kathmandu, the capital of uh, Nepal. Holler, it's your boy Gavin with my boy Andrew Patterson, and we're feeling good about you listening and liking our stuff on Facebook. Yeah, uh, like your thumbs up. Yeah, literally my thumbs up that only you can see. Um, but speaking of places listening, good segue. Uh, the number one spot still, Ashburn, Virginia, and they still refuse to contact the show. Um, that is unbelievable. I, I love whoever this is. <laughs> I love the mystery they're now creating about who they are. No question. You know what I mean? No question. I think, it, however this person is playing it, genius move, well played. You make a great guest, I, if I go so far as to say. Yeah, we'd love, we'd love to have them on the show. I mean, no question. So, Ashburn, Virginia, still number one. Number two, for the first time ever in terms of a city listening, is London, England. But I think that was... Because my brother and Helen were there for a wedding, so yes, uh, I'm, that was what I was going to say to you. Uh, yeah, not to burst, not to burst my bubble, because we know I'm big in Kathmandu, but maybe yeah. not in Jolly Old London. I, I am surprised that some of the places you've you you have that have listened to the filibuster, no one in London, England, has ever listened. No, I think people. We had a couple, but never. It's never been second place. You know. 
Okay, I see what you're saying. It's the first time it's placed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First time it's gotten a silver medal, if you will. So my guess is that Helen was listening because we all know that when my brother, the aviator, showed up on the podcast uh, for part two of the frontman uh, bracket or whatever tournament, uh, he clearly hadn't listened to the first. So. Yeah. <laughs> The other times he's been on there, it's almost as if he hasn't really listened to the show at all. Correct, correct, correct. So I doubt it was him, but hopefully Helen listened. Um, around the globe, though, San Jose came in third place. I don't know who was in San Jose, so that's a win for us. And then uh, India, Russia, Argentina, and Kuwait all checked in this week, too. Kuwait, that might be a first time for them, so that's nice. Excellent. All right, the global outreach expands. No doubt. Now... We are in a new year, as we said, and this is a New Year's podcast, and the plan is to have everybody on for about 10 minutes or less. So we're already into your time, but that's okay. Let's just start with kind of your overview on, on New Year's. I think you've, you've got some, some thoughts on it, some, maybe some gripes and maybe some non-gripes, but set us yeah. up. Set us up. I, mean, I have to say I am very ambivalent on New Year's, on the idea of New Year's. Um, I don't really see the big deal, and I think part of this maybe comes from the nature of my job as a school teacher, whereas you really kind of mark the beginning of a year in September, say, when you have a classroom of new students, yeah. and they're gone in June, you know, that tends to be more like a year to me than does just uh, January to December calendar. Got it. So you're looking at like a, you're working on like a 10-month academic year as your yeah. year. Yeah, and you know what else is kind of disappointing about New Year's, why I also don't think it's like a big deal, is it's not like... At a passage of seasons. Correct. So in the Northeast, like New Year's comes, like you've been cold and it's been dark for a month and a half, and you've still got another like month and a half of that coldness and that darkness. Like, right. I'd be into it if it changed. If it was like New Year's and the next day it was like 23 hours of light and it's rainy. <laughs> So, so you're literally well. What you're advocating for is to one live on the North Pole and for two to be March 21st, the the, the vernal equinox. March 21st, that would be uh, great. I, I, would, I lobbied a campaign to that. All right, so you're, you're doing a whole new thing here in terms of we're going to get into some outlandish 2017 theories, but you're just putting onto the table right now that maybe we should make this next year 15 months long uh, and just start 2018 in March. You know what? Good point. Good point. So at least January 20th will be the new year for a lot of reasons. Um, and I would say because you're in the Northeast, obviously, like, you oh, know. I wasn't even meaning that as a political statement. I was meaning that more as, like, uh, I have no idea what this president's going to do. Oh. So might literally be like, I heard this on a podcast. And I like it. First order of business, repeal Obamacare. Second order of business, to make the year 2017 huge by making it four months longer, three months longer. <laughs> Objective three, name all three months, Trumpuary. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right, so that's, that's fantastic. Um, I mean, and, and, I, and I, I do get it because, like, you know, Christmas is, is around the winter solstice, right? But yeah. to your point, in New England, winter starts – well into November, early on in November, yeah. right? So I mean, it's not a big change for you. Even North Carolina, like, not a big change between yesterday and today. And it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse before it gets better, right? Right. Okay. Exactly. And that's, that's kind of even my bigger point. I really 
I realized like science can't change and have all of a sudden after one day the weather be perfectly beautiful. I don't know, man. Trumpuary can do. We can do Trumpuary. We can do anything. Right. He can do it. That's true. That's true. Um, <laughs> but, but it's just that there's so much more of it to go. It's not even like close to winding up. Yeah. It's been going on forever, and it's going to continue to go on forever. You know what's interesting, too, is I think Chinese New Year is in, like, either February or maybe April. Like, why don't we just do – they've been doing these New Year's longer than we have. Like, let's do their New Year. It's closer to spring. I will gladly go on their calendar, and I'll throw, like, the biggest Chinese New Year party if we could pull that off just because it's probably on, like, a Wednesday. Yeah, Um, and you get something out of it. (laughs) And that, to me, points out the ludicrous nature of staying up to count down the clock. Can you imagine if just like Chinese New Year, I had a Chinese New Year party, but made everybody stay to midnight today? Five, four, <laughs> three, two, what? It's Thursday! <laughs> it's a very good point, too. So yeah. I'll tell you what, we've got, we've got at least 12 months, if not 15 months, to, to reshape this. And you, you listeners of the Filibuster Freestyle, maybe the person in Ashburn, Virginia, come up with a manifesto for us. What would you, what, how do you want us to shape New Year's differently? Because I think the theme we have later in the show from other pundits is going to generally be that New York – sorry, not New York, but I'm thinking of New York because it's where New Year's Eve happens, right? Yes. But the New Year's Eve is, is basically the, the, the ultimate amateur hour, um, you know, dud of a night, you know, build up for nothing of a night. So, yeah. um, you know, if, if the listeners can help us shape that, we can change that. We can change the world. Wait, absolutely, but you know what, like, Mert's my point, the other thing that I think gets overblown about New Year's are the people who get so angry to call it, like, amateur hour. Yeah. Like, those people get really heated about it and will argue to you about how New Year sucks, and it's like, well, any night can suck if you want it to, like, just like, I don't care about New Year's, I go to dinner for a little bit, I, I never stay after New Year's for the midnight, I get off the road before the drugs are out there, but I don't, like, hate the night, I don't care. Right, you're over it. Yeah, I think the amateur hour people are probably jealous because – not jealous, but they don't have plans. And I want to be like if you were an amateur, you'd have awesome New Year's plans. Like yeah. you're basically just saying that you give up. It's amateur hour. Yeah. Not, I'm, not I'm a stud. I have awesome plans and a secret bunker yeah. <laughs> on Trump you every seventh. Gavin, it's a, it's, a, it's a Monday night. I am in mismatch and sweatpants. In the middle of my house, uh, ready for bed, nearly. Good. I, I know all about giving up. <laughs> well said. Well, on the second day of the year, let's just pack it in. But before we do, I'm going to let you go, but I want to give you two hot takes, two outlandish predictions from yeah. yours truly for 2017. And I do believe they fall in your areas of interest, like I said. And, and so hopefully you have some, some takes on it. Okay. Uh, the Cubs, who won the World Series, will not make the playoffs. Oh, uh, they're making the playoffs. You think they're that good? They they have they will be a good team for a, for a few years. Okay, so you're not worried you're not worried about any like year after hangover. No. Okay. I, um, I mean, anything is within you know it's sports, so anything can happen. But I'd be very surprised. I think the Cubs. Uh, I mean, right now I don't gamble this way, but uh, obviously, family friendly podcast. Don't gamble. <laughs> don't gamble, but. I don't know if the odds are out, but the Cubs have to be the odds on favor to repeat as World Series champion. And depending on those odds, I might even take that. Wow. Okay. So the good news is because you vehemently disagree with my theory, one of the two of us is going to be 100% right come October. Yeah. Oh, I'd are like that. Are you, 
I thought you were just pointing at yourself. As no, I was doing kind of a hang loose thing here, but it was below the right. it was below the camera. No, no, no. Yeah. One of us is going to be right. Okay, this one is much more fresh, but I think also much more uh, hypothetical. Not hypothetical, but it's a little bit more nuanced. I hope. Yeah. So we. We both know the result of this, but your girl, our girl, Ronda Rousey, went down hard again in the UFC. Yeah. Okay. I'm predicting that she joins at least for a one-night one appearance only to WWE. Um, I don't know. I mean, she certainly is going to do all of, like, she, I think she really believes in her acting career. Yeah. Um, I guess, I don't know. It depends on what kind of movies she'd want to be in, but yeah, I, I, I think that's, I think that's, not outlandish at all, but I'm more inclined to think maybe she switches gyms. Like if she fights at all. Well, that's the thing is I'm 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 thinking that she may or may not fight again. Yeah. It sounds like she's definitely going to need to switch up something. Fine, but if to your point, and this is what I'm thinking about, she wants to be an actress. She believes that she's now a celebrity. She is now a celebrity. Okay. Yes. Well, like, how did The Rock continue to stay relevant when he was doing like? Uh, the, 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 the football tooth fairy movie with, you know, like he was doing some, some really dumb movies at first, you know, the rock wasn't a list dude doing everything. He would come back to WWF and like do something big and, you know, just keep himself, you know, and yeah, it's a big he, crossover audience there and, and, and they can control the outcome for Rousey and wrestling because it's fake. That's all I'm saying. I, I think that makes sense. I think the one thing I'd worry about if I were Rousey or the two things I'd worry about with that if I were Rousey is, uh, one... The Rock started out in WWE anyway, so it was like already it's built an audience that he's just reigniting sure. his fan base, which allows him to do like the uh, what was was he the Tooth Fairy in a movie or something? You know, yeah, he was doing some, yeah he was doing some funny stuff. Yeah, some, yeah he right. He can run, do that, make ten million bank, and then come back to the WWE, reignite his fans, and do like the Expendables or whatever. Right. Um, Rousey doesn't come from the WWE. And two, I don't want to disparage wrestling fans, but. Society in general is pretty misogynistic, um, and, and like, what? Tell me, who's who's a long-lasting female action star? Yeah, I understand that. That's fair. You know, in terms of movies, that's fair. But like, I think that she's going to have to play those kind of roles for a while. Yeah, well, I, I'm thinking like, if she's going to be an action star, she needs to get in movies right away. She'd need to do it right now and not. Yeah, totally. Maybe she does WWE. Maybe she does WWE just to promote the movie. Show. That's what I mean. I'm wondering if she doesn't do like SummerSlam or something this year to promote something and to have some kind of a storyline that can help her literally show a little bit of range or build up a little bit of charisma or something. You know, like I don't, I don't think she's going to yeah. do it as a viable career move. I think she's going to do it as a viable like marketing move. Like, we, I like we have gone into Ronda Rousey like. We're her career managers, like yeah, like, like she doesn't have other guys doing this right now. Just having like a we're having like a, a Monday night argument at the office, and the offices of Ronda Rousey's like agents. Hey, listen, we've already created a new fifteen month year. I mean, I'm just yeah. saying, I'm trying to do big things in 2017 with this podcast, and if part of that is me inserting myself into Ronda's life, so be it. And I'm dragging you and your sweatpants with me. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> you know what? We're about what. 36 hours into 2017, and I think uh, it's really shaping up really well right now. We are biting off big bites. We are in store for the world and by proxy of filibuster freestyle. Big so. bites, big bites, filibusterfreestyle.com. You can check it. Okay, last thing. Our boy Curtis Fingers did not correctly guess the over for the Alabama-Washington game. Washington decided not to score too many points. Yeah. Curtis Fingers is going to try again 
for the uh, college football playoff championship, and he's going to try to pick the NFL playoffs. Um, wanted to plug that because you and I are good friends of him. Anything else? We're going to have you on again soon, but we appreciate you leading this thing off. Anything else uh, from your from your perspective on 2017? Not on 2017, but just Curtis Fingers related because he's your college football spread and bet guy, um, you know, in theory. Uh, how fascinating is this Lane Kiffin development in Alabama? Wow. Got the boot as the offensive coordinator. The, the week before the championship game. Yeah, he's out. It's Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah, I feel like that was a real Kaiser Sose move by Saban because he's like, okay, yeah, fine, accept the job. We'll name Sark now, and then if things don't go to my liking in the, in the semifinal, if there's a final, you're out of here. Like, yeah. And apparently, Kevin missed a bunch of buses and meetings last week, so he, he didn't do a great job of having two jobs at once, which I don't think any of us would. But apparently, he didn't do very well at all. So yeah. No, and and I think it's great because I think Lane Kiffin is one of the. Uh, Worst men in sports. Well, here's here's something for you, and I can end it on this for you, and then we can catch up for a minute. But because we don't want to leave the people without a closure to the story, um, I have it on very good personal friend information that because this person worked for both Lane and Sark at USC, not directly but indirectly, knew them enough. Yeah. Um, that you are 100 percent correct about Lane being. Not not the best guy in the world, and that Sark, by contrast, is an excellent guy, at least before the whole, you know, he had a lot of difficulties. But anyway, so corroboration of your hypothesis, actually, which is better than us making up Ronda Rousey's career. So that's good so, news. here we go. If you ended 2016 looking for a win by the good guy over the bad guy, Nick Saban gave it to you at Alabama. Pam, pam, pam. All right, man, we'll get you out of here on that. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for being on. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, next up, as promised, we've got a potpourri of stars this weekend, this today, whatever, in 2017, Dan O'Brien in Philadelphia. Happy New Year, my friend. Woo, thanks for having me, Gavin. Uh, it's great to be back on the podcast. I think it's my first time back since Game of Thrones has, has gone off, off the air. Un- so, uh, un- unfortunate, by the way. That, that's, that's my fault. You should be on more than that. But you had a, a huge spring and early summer. So, I mean, you know, it is what I it think is. it was wearing on everybody. <laughs> Well, we're glad to have you back as part of the first podcast of 2017. Uh, we're going to keep these pretty much pretty much quick, but um, you've come up with a couple of New Year's Eve do's and don'ts that you're going to regale us with, and I think that's a great place to start because before we get into it, Andrew Patterson um, just decided that he wanted to move New Year's to March, and he's hoping that our new president-elect will buy into the idea. So that might be a do or a don't, but let's get into some stuff we can actually control with you. I mean, I would say that's an outlandish theory, but I think everything's on the table for 2017, right? That was exactly his point. So, anywho, uh, what are some of your do's and don'ts for New Year's Eve? All right, well, I just had a couple do's and don'ts, and these are, I guess, for for 2017 going into 2018. A lot of these could have helped some people a week ago, but, you know, so be it. These are all fact-based and based on experience of going through uh, uh, about, you know, 25 or so adult New Year's Eve. Correct. Um, and having some of them go very well and some of them go horribly wrong. Uh, <laughs> if we can help any of the viewers uh, avoid that. Uh, That's our goal. Yeah. Totally. Uh, the first thing, a lot of these things are, are common sense, but I, sometimes even common sense things we just forget to do. Uh, you, you know, how many times we've been out at a bar and you, you get to your third drink and you realize, oh God, I didn't eat dinner tonight. This could go wrong really quick. Uh, you know, so the first thing I just want to say is eat a good base, have a good meal. 
don't uh, you know don't make it include garlic because you want to be having a lot of conversations on New Year's Eve. Also, if you know you're going to be eating and drinking, take an antacid. You know, don't let your don't let your uh, your New Year's Eve go wrong. Yeah, that you can control this. This is like preparing to succeed, right? Exactly. If you have a bit of a what what some people call a sour stomach, take an emodium. Don't you don't want your stomach to end the night early for you. Uh, and that sort of leads me to my second recommendation, which is don't be the drunkest person in the room. Uh, I think we every New Year's Eve we see uh, more than a handful of people that mm-hmm. love a statement. Um, I think one of the people that I remember best was in high school, uh, I think going along with uh, eat a good meal beforehand. Uh, they go hand in hand, by the way. They, they really do. Yeah. They really do. Um, there was a friend of ours who... Uh, we went to a lovely party that was hosted by, uh, by by friends from high school whose family owned the local liquor distributor. Oh, perfect. Good setup yes. so far. Good setup. Exactly. We knew it was going to be a, a great party, and we all prepared appropriately, except for our one friend who I won't name. I don't believe you know him anyway. He disappeared for a little bit in the party, and come 1130, we walked into the bathroom, and he was... Uh, he was passed out, and he had uh, gone to the bathroom all over the bathroom. Uh, and so, not he didn't go to the bathroom, you know, in the toilet. He just used the bathroom as a toilet. I think he fell that's, asleep on the floor and then went to the bathroom. That's a mistake, right? That's a big it's mistake. A mistake. And the thing is, is we all make mistakes. We all get second, yeah. third, fourth chances. But some things stick with you, and you get nicknames, and it just you know. Right to quote to quote the movie uh, Superbad. People don't forget. Exactly. <laughs> There's a lot of people there. People do not forget something uh, exceptional like that happening. Especially so, if it's pre if it's pre midnight, because the only person who doesn't remember midnight pre midnight, you know, is the drunkest person in the room. Everybody else browns out around one, but they're going to viscerally remember you urinating on yourself. That's for real. Exactly. And not not you, by the way. That guy. Thank you. Thank you. Now, and, and if you feel the night hanging that way, take a seat. Have some water. Get a loaf of bread. Whatever you got, whatever you got to do to keep your head in the game. Don't be the one that's passing out first, please. Uh, we've all been that person, by the way, too. I don't want to cast. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Just, just try not to do it on New Year's. Yeah. And it's never gone to the length that it did for my one friend, my poor one friend in high school. Uh, but <laughs> you know, just avoid that. Nobody okay. wants to walk into that scene. Totally fair. Okay, what's next? Uh, the next one is. Well, this was a, a little later. A this happened to me in college, and I think you, you'll be able to um, to relate to this. Is we were at a, a lovely, relative, as adult as we could muster, 21, 22 year old uh, New Year's Eve party. Actually, this was the the millennium, ninety nine and a two. Oh, a good one, a good one. Yeah, yes, we a lot of people together, a lot of friends having a blast. Mid the ball strikes midnight, all the electricity and the power grid stayed on, so that was a win. As no Y two K. No Y two K, and then. Some guy in a couple dropped to his name and proposed to his girlfriend. And it ruined the night for every other couple there because every other couple there had been dating longer. Ew. And it just became a thing. It, ru- it ruined New Year's Eve. Right. Uh, I don't know. He made it about himself. He, he made it about himself. He made it about themselves. All the, all the females in the room had to go and then it, had, it was all about her for the rest of the night. And all the guys had to go and complain to him what he did so here we are the millennium the only millennium we're all gonna have because frankly none of us are gonna live for another thousand years so this dude decided to ruin the post-amble of that at the stroke of midnight to drop down on one knee that's almost worse than y2k that is worse than the electricity going out 
it was a bit of a catastrophe uh, in, in a sense. There, all of a sudden, 30 minutes later, the entire place had broken into about 17 different couples fights about why haven't you done this with me and blah, 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 or where are we going? Everybody started doing self-reflection of where are we? In this yeah, relationship. that doesn't start till about 4 p.m. the day after New, you know, New Year's Day Thank afternoon. Like, let's watch the Rose Bowl and, like, really contemplate the meaning of life. But, like, in the moment when you're hammed, what are you doing? Drop into a knee, guy. Just ruined it. Let me ask you this question. Did they make it? Uh, I don't know. Okay, well, let's go with probably not. And you know what? Uh, People don't forget. I'll put it this way. If they're still together, they're not pleased with each other, I'm sure. Well, perfect. Then you know what? Thanks for ruining the millennium for us. You ruined it for yourself. And also, you know, on a side note, this isn't necessarily related to New Year's Eve, but don't get married when you're 21 or 22. Oh, it's great point. Time. Great point. I don't, care, I don't care who you're with. Just know. That's just not the thing to do. Yeah, it's not going to go well for you. And if it is going to go well for you, it means you can wait another seven years because she or he is still going to be there if it was that meant to be. Exactly. Bam! That's some real hot truth for you youngsters listening to the show. Okay, Thank you. Thank what, you. What, else, what else you got, Dan? Um, the last thing I have is have a ride home. Have your exit strategy yes. prepared because I think too often this is familiar to a lot of people. I'm sure is we you can't really uh, these days just wing it. Um, I guess it's a little easier in the age of Uber and Lyft. Correct. You, can, you might have to pay a little extra. I do remember pre Uber, pre Lyft, we were Oof. out at a bar downtown in the city and we just decided to wing it. So at you know two a.m. when the bar closed, we went out to get a taxi and there was. Nothing, nothing going on. Well, there's everything going on, but it was impossible. But you were not going to cat. Yeah, you, you know, you actually just touched upon both of what were my kind of like remembering bad New Year. You know, both of my kind of lamented New Year's Eve stories revolve basically not having an exit strategy. Um, right. You know, one was the millennium when I went to a house party in Walpole. Um, Did somebody get engaged there too? No, no. We were a little bit younger. We were probably, you know, nineteen twenty. Couldn't go to a bar yet, so um, or not all of our friends could. So we went to a house party. I ended up sleeping on like somebody's parents' like couch, whatever. But then I woke up in the morning and realized the guy who was my ride had like left, and I walked like ninety five percent of the way home before Leslie Polo happened to be coming home for another party. Saw me walking. Yeah, Leslie Polo. Well, Leslie Polo, love you, Leslie Polo Caruso. Now she's married, but Leslie Polo stopped in her Dodge K car. She's like, "Where are you walking from?" And I'm like, "The Armstrongs." She's like, "That's like six miles." I'm like. Happy New Year's. So you looked and presented yourself uh, fantastic. Luckily, she was coming home from a sleepover kind of a party as well. So we both got each other. But she was the one with the car. I was the one with – I wasn't even hitchhiking. I was just broken at that point. And she, she, read, she read the room. But anyway, I may save my other one. But the bottom line is have an exit strategy, Dan. You're so right. You're so right. I, I mean, the, the one thing I, I remember from my night when I – we were waiting around for an hour, hour and a half, and that's just a bummer. It's just no fun. It's no way to t- cap off the night. All of a sudden, some little yellow car pulled up. We hailed it down and stopped. We jumped in the back of it um, and realized about three minutes into it. And again, this is as scary nowadays with Uber and Lyft. By the time, uh, the guy was asking questions like where are we headed. And then he asked, how much do people usually charge for this? Uh, and it was just some guy who decided to drive around. Back in 2000 or 1998 or 1999 to pick people up. Oh, really, I appreciate the hustle. I really. I do. mean, he basically invented Uber. He just didn't have the logistics to figure it out. Yeah, it was just a little creepy. I think I tossed him a 20 at the time. Which yeah. may fair, may not have been. I don't know. By the way, at the end of the day, and you and I touched, off, touched on this non sequitur, but in terms of throwing somebody a 20, uh, you know, as I mentioned to you, I went to a wedding on New Year's Eve, which I may get into as the show progresses, but 
I did just I just handed the uh, the bartender first drink of the night. I didn't have any ones. I said, right. "Here's a twenty. Um, I'm gonna plan on coming back here a lot tonight, but let's just start things off on the right foot." You know, that's the move. That's the power move. Because I, I mean, I was gonna give him nothing and be like, "Well, maybe after four drinks, I'll give you a twenty. No, I'm coming in hot. I know I'm gonna have more than one drink. This is gonna be worth it. Anyway, that's exactly what you're doing. That's another tip. A little life hack out there. Don't go there fumbling around with your four ones in your pocket, so you hook them up the first four drinks and then have a twanky, grease the dude, and have a good night. Start strong, and he or she will remember. They'll it. remember that face. They will remember that face. Uh, all right, man. Really quickly, what are you into or excited about for 2017? Well, obviously, Gab, I think you know that I'm. Super pumped, and I suppose you share this with me for the next Game of Thrones half season. Whew, half season only. It's crazy. I've, I've actually stayed away. I don't. I haven't seen a trailer purposefully. I haven't looked or read anything. Um, there's not really any spoilers you can get now because we are out of uh, we're out of book. Out. We're out of books. Fantastic. No manuscripts. That worked great for us last season. I think it was really interesting. Lots of twists and turns. We had no idea were coming. Um, but that's that's probably the one major thing of 2017 I'm looking forward to. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. Any, uh, I don't even know. What, go ahead. I have one quick one. Yeah. Uh, just in addition, as a you know, as part of your Philadelphia fan base, I am very excited for the uh, the first game of one Philadelphia 76er Ben Simmons to to be combined with the greatest. NBA rookie of all time, Joel Embiid, who is taking the nation by storm, or at least my household. Um, well, things seem to be, you know, looking up for the Sixers finally, and that's great news. I know a lot of fans are excited about that. Um, all right, man. Well, listen, I will get you out of here on that. I'm very excited to have you on again in general. I am completely pumped for season seven of Game of Thrones because, yeah. to, to your point, it's only going to be seven episodes maybe or six I have no idea who's going to live or die. It's completely flat by the seat of your pants. And, and you know, Wine Wall and Dragons was a, big, was a big fun thing to do last year. We're going to have you back this year. So uh, thanks for being on, Dan. I'm going to get us out of here and stick up for, for a minute and catch it up. I just want to say one more thing. All those rules that I said for New Year's Eve can also be applied for when watching uh, Game of Thrones. Get a good base in your stomach. Yes. Don't be the drunkest person in the room. Yes. Don't propose during Game of Definitely Thrones. Definitely not. Terrible idea. And have an exit strategy when it's done. Oh, my gosh. Succinctly said and well put. Dan, Happy New Year. We'll talk to you soon. Likewise. Take care, Gavin. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, next up, my cousin Doug. He is returned, I think, from Philadelphia and New York. My man has been everywhere this Christmas slash New Year's. How's it going, Doug? Going well. How are you doing? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. And by the way, let's say congratulations to your brother, Andrew, and his wife, Caroline, on the birth of their brand new first ever baby girl, how does it feel to be an uncle, first of all? Feels pretty good. Uh, feels more awkward to have so many people congratulating me on becoming an uncle. Since I, <laughs> I have to do very little so far, but I do appreciate all the congratulations. And um, I pass on the love that anyone gives to my brother. So Nice. And now, when you talk... It's kind of like taking, it's kinda like taking um, thanks for literally something you had nothing to do with. But, um, you know, I... It's part of the bigger picture or something. Job well done there, right? Um, so yesterday when you mentioned that – Yeah, the guy. Yeah, exactly. Yesterday you mentioned that the, the, it, was a, it was a child with a name to be named, to be named later, I guess. Um, and they had to come up with a name by today at 2 p.m. when they got kicked out of the hospital. Did they succeed in that? Yes. Now, Eleanor Susan Brown. Eleanor Susan Brown, welcome to, welcome to the fam. Okay, cool. So listen, man. As we were talking about in the pre-show, um, 
2016 was a doozy, and, and, and you had a, maybe a hot take or a take at least on just all the deaths that occurred to celebrities and yeah. such in 2016. Go for it. You know what? Really good point. And, and you know what? I think you're right. You hit on something else there. It was a really high spike in drug use in general at that point when those people were young. Um, the baby boomer generation of which most of these, these people who are dying are a part of is the largest generation, at least in America, of human beings. And then yeah. I think the last part of it is is that with the proliferation of media, um, there, are more, there are more famous people to die. So – you know, when there was only three TV channels, I mean, and, and TV was only 10 years old, of course there weren't a lot of TV celebrities dying. TV was brand new and there weren't any people on it. So uh, to, your, to your point, we're only going to have more celebrity deaths, people. So I don't wish ill will on any of them, but buckle up because they're going to die like the rest of us. Um, You're right. If 2016 was rough, you know, 2025 is going to be a real kick in the uh, grind. Yeah, let's hope we make it there to see who's still with, still there with us. Um, let me let me hit you with with two outlandish theories for 2017. Uh, maybe one for 2017 and one a hot take on 2017, a cold take on 2016, and we'll get you out of here on the express edition of the Doug Brown visit to the freestyle. Okay. Okay. Hot take is on 2017 is that 2017 will be the year when man buns finally get their comeuppance, as will skinny jeans on men. They will become no longer cool or ironic or hipster. What is your thought on that? Uh, well, I haven't had a chance to look at the 2017 uh, J. Crew catalog. Fall fashion catalog, yeah. They've basically been setting a trend for anything I've seen around my neighborhood. You, know, just, you, know, you live in a hipster neighborhood. on that so far. But as far as that, I think she did stick in for a while. Maybe like, maybe like the ones that are like jeggings, those get over. Man buns. I don't know. Jeggings, I think, wow. I think that you eventually, I think you eventually need to go more and more ridiculous before you eventually peak. I mean, it's like how the U.S. has now gone to Donald Trump and we're eventually going to top everything over. So my own thing around men's hairstyle is probably going to go from man buns to, um, you know, like the guy from, um, the guy from that John Claude Van Damme movie who basically just had a ponytail coming out of the back of his shaved head. Oh, so John Bow or J- Tom about Tom Bow or somebody. Yeah, he was great. Great movie villain. I think once we get back to me, I think once we hit that, that's when everything will flip back over to mainstream. Right? That's when guys are going to start doing. Guys are going to start doing comb overs and wearing sensible shoes like Dot and Dockers. <laughs> nice. Unofficial sponsor of the week. All right, and you actually alluded to this. 2016. Here's my cold take on 2016. 2016 was not the year when fake news peaked. To your point a minute ago, I think celebrity deaths are on the rise and I think fake news is on the rise. But 2016 was the year when fake news officially became mainstream news. <laughs> um, people just believe what they want. They do not care. What's that? 
Correct. But, you know, the bottom line is if you believe it, from now on it's true. It's like it's what I heard from a guy. It's what I'm going with. I don't care that the rest of the people are saying it's not true. 2016 was the year when fake news became credible to enough people to become dangerous. Okay? So that's that. It's when the, it's when the joke that is the onion backfired. How about that? So um, anyway, that's my thought there. Any other hot takes, my man? I don't know. I mean, fake news, I have to believe, just like uh, every every sort of media outlet. You know, it's actually Bridget and I were watching some great uh, Vice documentary on just politics in America. They were basically talking about how, how everything changed so much recently just due to the sheer fact of number of news outlets. Yeah. So it's fake news. It's part of the fact that everyone's just trying to get in on it, being like, oh, InfoWars started, and that guy's making tens of million dollars. Oh, the Vice guys were at $50 billion. Guess what? I'm going to make my own fake news outlet. By the way. And you know what? Maybe I'll make more than I make in my current job as, you know, cleaning up manure from, you know, old Bill's uh, Buffalo Haven. Correct. And, and this is a good time for me to plug the very credible news agency that is filibusterfreestyle.com on the web. So for anybody who wants some hot takes. No fake news here. No fake news. Just, just fake, just, you know, hot takes on real stuff, you know. All right, man. Stick around for a minute. We'll catch real up. People talking about real things. Real, being real. <laughs> Keeping it real. Uh, all right, man. I'll get you out of here on that. Stick around for a minute. We'll catch up. Happy New Year, and thanks for coming on. Happy New Year. Ladies and gentlemen, up next, and a big thanks to Dougie Brown, of course, but we've got my co-pilot in fantasy football and in life, Andy Maslin. What is up, my man? What is up? Happy New Year, Mr. Money. Happy New Year to you. Uh, we're doing, as we've just talked about on the very brief pre-show, uh, the largest undertaking of guests in one episode in the history of the show, because 2017 is going to be a big year for the freestyle. Which will also mean the largest piece of editing that Gav Money has ever had to do for a podcast in his life. In my life. In Toros, Toros Didas. Whatever. Anyway. All right. So let's just cut to the chase, because my next guest after you is going to be Dan Ruddle, who found a way to come from behind and beat us in fantasy football, excruciating fashion in the championship yesterday. Uh, great season, good work, gosh darn it. How you feeling? It hurt, man, it hurt. Like, I'm mad at myself um, for having us play in week 17, and I, and I apologize to everybody in the league for that. But as mad as I am that we lost, and I feel that we lost because it was week 17 and guys weren't playing and it, a lot of games were meaningless, I won an other league because it was week 17 and people weren't playing. So it, it helped me out in another league. It hurt us in our league. But I, you know what? I I, hate, I don't know Dan Ronald, but I hate him. <laughs> I to win that game. Um, it hurts. Um, if I ever see him, I might have to fight him. I don't know. I hope he's not bigger or tougher than me, and that doesn't really take much because I'm not very tough. Well... Well said. That's kind of how I feel too. And I may have to fight him via FaceTime in 10 minutes when I talk to him next. So we'll you should uh, headbutt your iPad. This is going to happen. And, and he'll feel it, I'm sure. It won't hurt me at all. Um, okay. So let's get into a couple hot takes on New Year's. Um, this is your first New Year's as, as, a, as a parent, correct? So I'm guessing you guys laid pretty low this year, right? Yeah, I went to a, a, a you know, party, a, like a gathering at a friend's house and we're home by 10 and bed by midnight. Okay, cool. Well, sounds amazing. Now, the bottom line is, we've done New Year's together a couple of times. You bartended for New Year's um, a lot of times, but any any New Year's hot takes at all? No, I, you know, overall, like, like, New Year's is what it is. It's, it's, I mean, a lot of people go to party. It's like the one time to get out. It's great. 
I mean, I think bars are overrated, charging 50, 100 bucks for a noisemaker, a hat, and a free champagne, the glass of champagne at midnight, you know, whatever. Um, if it's when you go and have a good time, go and have a good time. If you're the guy, it is amateur night, but if you're the guy running around telling everyone it's amateur night, dude, you're a moron. Like, like you know what? It's a big night after people go out and have fun. It's, it's just not really my thing. Right, right. And you know what? You, Andrew Patterson, made the same thing up, not made, made the same point earlier, which was, just because it is amateur night doesn't mean you have to be angry about it and tell people that it's amateur night. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Okay. So you've got a couple of hot takes for us, it sounds like. Um, and it's on two subjects that actually have come up a little bit already tonight, but I like getting everybody's spin. So one of them is going to be th- the new president, Donnie T. And uh, I'm going to start calling him Donnie T. I like that. Okay. And, and, uh, and then maybe uh, some other hot takes too. So why don't you go for it, go for it man? So I was gonna, I was gonna come out and say that Donnie doesn't finish the year's present. Wow, hot take! I'm saving that for next New Year's edition. Yes, I think 2018 is the year he quits. Um, but I'm gonna say there's, and I was trying to like put together a hot take because I have so many feelings on Trump. And just for the record, I'm not as anti-Trump as some people. Correct. Um, I'm definitely at the most lukewarm towards him. I think he can do some good things. I, I actually, I'm getting. I'm hating him more and more. When he got elected, I thought he could do some good things. And now I watch him on Twitter, and I think that he's a nine-year-old. Yeah. Like, I actually think I overestimated his intelligence. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think something – and it, the reason I, I'm starting to hate Trump so much, not only what he's doing, but his supporters are the dumbest group of people on the planet, like for the most part. Yeah. Um, I think there – I was going to say there was going to be a major Trump scandal, but here's what I think is going to happen. There's going to be something he does. There's going to be a video that comes out, something he says that is so much more racist, sexist, misogynist, over the line than anything he's ever done. But he's still going to stay in office and get by it. And all his supporters are going to um, tell me why it's good. Like the person who told me that, you know, uh, who compared if Trump does something to Muslims, it's like putting the Japanese in internment camp, and that was a good thing for the country. Oh boy, um, bad point. Bad point. Not by you, but that person made a bad point. That, that was his hot take. That's what he said. Well, we did it there. It was a good thing. That is a cold take. That's a ice cold take. Um, so, but I think what it's going to do, he's going to do something that completely forces everyone in Congress, Republican and Democrat, to go against him now on everything he does. And that's why I think the next year he just says, you know what, screw it. I'm out. And it resigns. But my hot take for this year is the Trump scandal involving racism or sexism. And it's probably something that's 10 years old that just comes out now. I'll tell you what. If it's going to be worse than that Billy Bush – if that Billy Bush thing didn't work, I mean it's unbelievable that didn't work. Like that was so bad. But anyway. I, I, I know. I, I, well, here's the thing. I, I think I, – I, 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 yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how the Billy Bush thing got off. But like I said, I, I don't know what could be worse. I do know what could be worse than that. But I, I – I mean, is there Donald Trump sex? I'm going with the Donald Trump sex tape gets leaked. That's your hot take? That's my hot take. That's pretty hot. Okay. Um, good work. Good way, way to meander to a home run. Speaking of home runs, um, here's a hot take for me. The Cubs will not make the playoffs. What do you think? I can see it happening. Um, I, that's a hot take. I, I, I think they'll at least get the wild card. There's just so much talent. Yeah, that's what other people said too. Okay, well, the good news is either the pundits are right or Gab Money's right. Um, okay, celebrity deaths. Proliferation of them in 2016. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, there were a lot, and I think a lot of them were bundled towards the end, and there were some big names, 
And I don't think it's really different than any other year. Yeah. I just think the amount of people on social media, I mean, not even, I mean, compared to five years ago and ten years right. ago, it's, it's huge. But even to a year ago, I yeah. really think, you know, with the advent of, of um, just the way people are gathering their information and who their news sources are and... I just think that when these celebrities die now, it's a lot more of a big deal rather than, you know, a throwaway on, on the obituaries in the Boston Globe. Right. And everyone yeah. just talking about them more. So, like, there were and there were some, some good ones, but I really don't think it's any different than any, any other year. Yeah, I mean, actually, Doug Brown made the point a minute ago that uh, there's more famous people now than there used to be because there's more media than there used to be. And there's more old people now who did drugs in the 60s because the baby boomers are all now old and there's a lot of them. So, yeah. so like, buckle up, Buttercup. Like, people are going to start dying who are famous because of all those factors. So, yeah. I mean, especially with some of the people who have died, and I, I, won't, I won't sully anyone's name by mentioning them, but some of these, like, rock stars and things like that, the lives, the lives they led, the fact that they made it to 50. Is yeah, like, it's a hard 50. It's like a 50-year-old 50, 50 shell with, like, 95-year-old insides. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's, these guys were... were like the last generation of sex, drugs, and rock and roll, you know? Correct, correct. All right, man, let me hit you with um, one, one more hot take here. Maybe two more hot takes here, okay? Um, Mariah Carey either makes a surprise checking into rehab or becomes this, the new host of a hit reality TV show. Reality TV, both. Both? Live from rehab karaoke uh, with Mariah? I, I think, I, honestly, I, I think to make a celebrity rehab, but I think that... This is Rock Bottom, and Celebrity Playbook says that you go from, from Rock Bottom, you go to rehab, and then you, you find some low-rent production company to put together a reality show that shows up on Oxygen TV. Yep, and then, you, and then you parlay your way back up. Nice. Okay, final one. Tony Romo is going to play for either the Jets or the Rams, and either way, he's going to wish he didn't. Nope, I think he's going to go to the uh, Arizona Cardinals, and they're going to make the playoffs. Is Carson Palmer retiring? Um, I think his leg's gonna fall off, though. I think he's forty-two. Oh, okay. No, I, I don't. I don't know about Palmer retiring, but he didn't look at it towards the end. He did not. He did not. Though he did find a way to put up twenty points for us yesterday, which actually wasn't terrible. Because no. anyway, I, I'm just getting ready for fantasy because I gotta. I think Dan's just gonna take use his ten minutes to gloat, and that's fine. Uh, he does feel bad that he won with replacement players, but I also was like. You had a little-known receiver throw a touchdown pass like it was your day. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like I said, I, I, he, he beat us. He beat us fair and square. Yep, he beat us fair and square. All right, buddy. Well, happy New Year to you. Uh, stick around for a second. We'll catch you up. But thanks for coming on the show on short notice. And uh, looking forward to having you on the show in 2017, pal. Sounds good, man. Okay, and to probably bring us home is my buddy and yours from Night of Fame. Dan Ruddle. Dan, how are you, sir? That's some introduction for the filibuster freestyle fantasy football champion. Well, I was going to get into that, but okay, since you're, <laughs> since you're there, Dan Ruddle defeated myself and Andy Maslin in a bloodbath, nail-biter, two-part fiasco yesterday in which his boy, Zach Ertz of the Philadelphia Eagles tight end fame, scored 38 points. He had like a... A flex player, receiver who I've never heard of throw for a touchdown pass. Uh, no matter. Cameron Meredith, you never heard of him? No, I never heard of him until he ruined my life yesterday. So congratulations to to what was your team called? Straight Dave's. Straight, Straight Dave's man slamming Max out. 
What is that an homage to? That is an homage to, um, it's actually from the, you know, the Sacha Baron Cohen movie, uh, Bruno? Yes. So, <laughs> you'll recall the culminating scene of that is um, uh, Sacha Baron Cohen, Bruno, um, stages an MMA fight somewhere in the deep, deep Yes, yes, south. yes, yes. Like, a part of the South that makes Charlotte look like it's New England. Right. Um, but... So and he and he dubbed it Straight Dave's Man Slam and Max Out, and you'll recall uh, if you've seen the movie, he uh, he stages this MMA fight, goes in and pretends to be uber straight and everything, and then his former assistant comes in, beats him up, and they end up making out in the middle of the octagon. That's right. Goes wild and throws chairs and bottles, and it actually seemed like a very very scary incident for old Bruno. Yeah, a lot of very, a lot of very conservative people who thought they were going to a fight definitely started a fight, right? So anyway, your team, which is an homage to that, is the champions of the filibuster freestyle fantasy football league. You are an expansion team this year. It is my fault. I brought you in and you took us out. So yeah, you know, good for you and congrats to you and your team and and your boy Zach Ertz and your boy Cameron Meredith. Zach Ertz and and, and how about you guys losing to the Red Rifle? Yeah, Andy Dalton. Any team that loses to a team that's quarterback is Andy Dalton should have to do a rap apology in and of itself, even if they were playing for the championship. Yeah, that's fair. And I'll tell you what, you didn't even get to play, you know, obviously the Steelers guys, Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, which is who I would have been, you know, respectful to lose to. I was actually very worried about those guys. So anyway, enough about fantasy football, but you are the champion and you join my cousin Doug Brown as the only champions thus far in the two-year-old league. But um, maybe you can help Andy and I come up with a new rule for next year. I, aside from we don't end the season on week 17 ever again and fractional points during games. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Those two points are, 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 are most certainly very important because you don't want ties and you sure as hell don't want to have to rely on starting players in week 17 that – might otherwise have nothing to play for. Right. And don't realize that, that your fantasy championship might rely on their ability to perform. Twas tainted. Yeah, totally. All right, man. So <laughs> let's get into New Year's real quick. So you actually just reminded me of a Philadelphia-only tradition, which is the Mummers Parade. Um, the express yeah. version is there are a bunch of people who back in the day were exclusively only men, but I think now it can be men or women. They, mm-hmm. they dress up like basically fancy clowns. And they parade through the streets. Is that very, very express version worthy? Yeah, that is that is a very Reader's Digest version uh, worthy version of exactly what the Mummers are. Yeah. Um, okay, and most Philadelphians love the Mummers and the Mummers Parade. How do you feel about them? I detest the Mummers and the Mummers Parade. <laughs> I mean, um, there are Dan O'Brien and I went on a mission for tacos the other day, and we were, had a long discussion about this. How. You know, the, the fancy brigades and whatnot that actually perform at the convention center, there is something to be said for the pageantry of that tradition. Sure. Um, but what they refer to as the comic brigades and specifically the wench brigades, which are a subset of the of the comic division, you know, ought, really ought to be done away with. They might as well just like start kicking a bunch of skulls down Broad Street as they sing out of tune and play instruments very badly because it is a bloodbath <laughs> i mean it, it, they've made national news from time to time um for racist homophobic misogynistic themes in their 
in, in their performances. And did you ever go to the Mummers Parade when you were when you were living here? Yeah, I went. I went once. So my first apartment there actually overlooked Broad Street, so we could see it. Yeah. So great yeah. View. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the distance from which it should be. Viewed. Correct. It's correct. It's, it's much be. better from like a blimp view than from like in in the stadium on the field view for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So. So yes. Yeah, I mean, th- there, there was the. You know, there was a, a they, they made news. I think it was last year with a bunch of one of the Wench brigades. In fact, uh, were parading around with signs that said "Wench Lives Matter." Oh, jeez! Uh, pretty, pretty insensitive stuff. They, they are. Um, and then there's the tradition where they march all the way down to what they refer to as Two Street, which is Second Street below Washington Avenue. Right. Um, which is where all the, the, the neighborhood is called Pennsport, and there is, a, it, it is a sort of Thunderdome-style um, atmosphere down there. I, uh, I don't recall then, like, if you were with us or not, but there was one New Year's, I think it was 2009, this uh-huh. is New Year's Day, where Dan O'Brien and I, and I think Dara and a couple others, ended up at some... Like barred and bar in that exact area that was, of course, friendly to the mummers, and it was just to call was it the Pensport Pub. No, it wasn't because I know that place. But the bottom line was, it was, it was, it was Thunderdome. It really was. It was New Year's Eve with clowns and thunder. No, no, New Year's Day yep. with clowns and Thunderdome. It was how I rang in two thousand nine. You know, post yeah. hangover. So, all right. So yesterday you went to the Eagles game and you had to deal with these dudes. Is that right? I did. Yes. So my father and I, I'm, as as I've spoken about before on the freestyle, I am a season ticket holder. Yep. And Eagles didn't have anything to play for. Dallas already locked up the number one seed in the NFC, which just irks the living crap out of me. As a side note, <laughs> um, but I was like, hey, you know what? Last game of the season. Let's see what Wentz can do. Let's see if I haven't. You know, they seem to split with Dallas every year, right. but they always win on the road. I have not seen them beat Dallas at home since, I, I want to say, since 2012. So anytime you get to go see them beat Dallas at home, I mean, you get, I, I really don't want to go. So add to that fact, it was a beautiful day out yesterday. It was like 60 degrees in the city. So nice. I was like, you know what, what the hell? You know, my dad and I went down. Um, you know, we had a couple beers walking into the game. Met up with some friends. Uh, good atmosphere. There were no there were no fist fights or anything like that. You know, which is which is rare for an Eagles Cowboys game. Usually there are some fisticuffs going on. Usually they're playing earlier in the season where there are implications of right, right. Who's going to win the division? Blah blah blah. Um, so it was not that bad. Uh, you know, the Eagles won the game. Good game. We left. We waited for the crowd to die down to get on the Broad Street line, which is the you know. As you know, the, the transportation city, the, the, the subway system in Philadelphia could use some updating. But the one nice part is if you live anywhere in Center City, you can get to and from any of the stadiums without ever getting in a car. Correct, which is nice. But that does mean it is hella crowded getting out of the games. So my dad and I decided we went to McFadden's at Citizens Bank Park to have a beer and get something to eat while we waited for the crowd to die down. Yep. So... We walk to the train station after about an hour, and we get on the first train that's in there. And my dad's going all the way back up to the north, the the northeast Philadelphia suburbs. They live in a town called Yardley, so he's getting on the regional rail to, to go. So he needs to go to Center City anyway to connect there. Yeah. So I get on the train with him, and it happens to be an express, which is the first stop is Walnut and Locust, and you know that's 
not that close to my house, but it's a. You can walk it though. It's not. Like I said it's not a. It's not a short walk, but it's a walk. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's not like oh god, this is going to be. It's going to take me an hour. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a twenty twenty five minute walk. So I'm walking down. I walk to Fifteenth Street, and I'm walking down. You know where Fado is. Um, sure do. The home of the many, uh, many many thousands of downloaders and listeners. Um, but so uh, there was. I was walking down towards Fado on Fifteenth Street, and all of a sudden I see the police pushing everybody back. So I'm like, oh boy, what here we go. Yeah. So they're pushing, and I'm talking on the phone with my wife at this point because she's been at home with our child all day. And <laughs> the cop stops me, and he's like, "Hey, you got to turn around, buddy." I was like, oh, uh, "Okay, what's going on?" He's like, "Oh, massive brawl out in front of the Fox and Hound. Everybody, all foot traffic is being diverted up and around." And I was like, "Well, how far do I have to go?" He's like, "You got to go all the way up to Chestnut, go down. You got to go all the way out down to 18th Street to go back down. They had closed off the blocks." Wow. In a huge, uh, and it was, you know, I, I, I got a glimpse of some of the, the goings on there before I really turned around. And it was, you know, guys in full on mummer regalia um, being put into vans to be taken into the roundhouse for the night. I just love, I, can, I just love the, the mental picture of dudes dressed like clowns and kind of like effeminate clowns. Going yeah. into Fox and Hound and brawling. Like, you chose to dress like a clown today. What are you doing getting in a fight? Yeah. It's a hilarious juxtaposition of, like, you're dressed up in this really odd sort of, I, I don't even know what, yeah, clowns. Very elaborate clowns. And then wanting to go and beat the living crap out of other people. Right. And people in other brigades. And apparently the, the brigades get competitive. Yeah, I was going to say. So, so let me get this straight really quickly because this is like a complete... Like, you're part of, not you, but these people are part of a small subset of grown-ass people who are dressed like clowns on New Year because their grandfathers did it too. You would think they would realize that everybody else in the city is not like them and there should be a camaraderie. I love that there's a beef. It's like, I'm part of this niche thing that matters for six hours a year and I'm going to use the after party to pummel the skull of some guys also interested in the same thing, which, by by the way... Is the definition of insanity? Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the Mummers Parade is a very, very—it's one of those Philly things that has never died. It's—I want to say this year was the 118th. Oh my gosh! But it's not—it's it, not like it's something that's been going on since the 50s. I mean, it's been right. Going on it's been going on since since time. before it wasn't okay to not go on. Right. All right. Yeah. So give me—you told me one little story briefly before the pre-show about kind of a New Year's Eve, you know, kind of gone wrong or. <laughs> An issue with the fire and some stuff. Why don't you give me that one real quick? Oh, man. So this was 98, 99. So I was in college. Yeah. And we went to – I'm sure you remember the angst of trying to come up with something to do for New Year's. So my buddies and I were just like, all right, well, we have this one friend, Bill, who has a, his family has this farm up in the middle of nowhere in New York State. And I mean like nowhere, middle of nowhere, somewhere between – if you if you drew a triangle between like Syracuse, uh, Ithaca, and um, Binghamton uh, or something, Binghamton, yeah, it's somewhere in that area. It's it's a long way from anywhere. Okay. So like, okay, well, we'll go shoot some guns. We'll shoot some fireworks off. We've got you know snowmobiles and stuff, and you know if we're lucky, maybe we'll meet some local gals that we can 
invite back to the house to come have a party with us, all this stuff. Um, that went poorly. We did not get any local gals to come back to, to Bill's house with us, and it was just a huge sausage fest. So at like 10 <laughs> o'clock, we're like, oh, this really sucks. We're not doing anything fun. So we're like, all right, let's go... Uh, Let's let's go let's go let's go light a bonfire out in the far out in the woods, and there's snow all over the ground. So we ride snowmobiles out to um, the fire to where we're going to set the fire up. And so we have a bonfire. Stroke at midnight comes. We shoot off some shotguns in the air, and you can hear other shotguns going. They're like, "All right, well, this is all well and good. Let's go out. Let's let's go back to the house and finish up our night." So we're trying to put out the fire. And all we have is snow to put the fire out. Okay. So <laughs> it's not going so well because it's a really, really cold night and the snow is not all that wet. Right. So it's just kind of like dry snow. And um, so a bunch of us get the bright idea that we're going to pee on the fire to help speed this process up. Perfect. Yeah, really good idea. So we pee on the fire and get our helmets on and we're getting ready to get on the snowmobiles and my one buddy was like here let me see if i can crack this twig over your head <laughs> uh, to, to one of my other friends not me at this point so he takes like a branch that's like maybe an inch thick cracks it over the guy's head the thing breaks so i have the bright idea you remember bj my friend bj sure yeah, yeah. Dennis? so oh, like, yeah. bj take this one and it's like i don't know maybe two inches around break this one over my helmet and, you know, we're really smart and really drunk and, you know, 21, 20. Yeah, of course. So I was like, here, break this over my head. So he hits me and it's like there's no give to the thing whatsoever. He clunks me over the head with this log, knocks me out, and <laughs> I fall into the still smoldering fire, which, by the way, is half fire and smoldering embers and half urine. Of urine. Yeah, perfect. So, yeah. <laughs> Happy New Year, 1999. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, it was a it was a mitzvah. I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, so that was uh, and that was that was a lot of fun, but um, yeah, and not, not, not pleased with the way the night ended. Right. So you, would you say that yesterday's Eagles game, ditching the mummers, and then falling asleep on your or the day before. Sorry, you, you said you fell asleep on your couch by nine o'clock. That's probably a better New Year's Eve, honestly. Oh, it was killer. We went out to Deirdre and I went out to dinner at Dante and Luigi's. Ooh, good spot. We and, had, and we went and had a beer with her sister because she and her uh, friends were having a house party. And nice. At home on the bed, and on the bed, excuse me, on the couch. Uh, and I was apparently snoring really loud that I woke my wife up. And um, it was 9.30 at that point. She's like, I'm going to bed. I don't know if we can sleep in the same room because you're snoring so loud. Tell you and, what. Uh, yeah. And Still then I woke up at midnight to fireworks going off. I was like, oh, I guess it's 2017. Immediately went upstairs and went to sleep. <laughs> Happy New Year, right? All in all, a great night. Nice. Well, listen, man, I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate you joining the Fantasy Football League. I do not appreciate you beating us in the final, but... Hats are off to you. All due respect uh, to you and your squad. And, uh, you know, looking forward to, well, some Game of Thrones this spring. Looking forward to picking another HBO show with you to do this year as well. And, uh, you know, filibusterfreestyle.com is where you can check us all out, everybody. But thanks for listening. The two-year anniversary of the podcast is coming up very shortly here at the end of January. And we're just happy to be able to celebrate with people like Dan Ruddle. So, Dan, best of you and yours. Hold on for a second. We'll catch up. And, uh... 
Thanks as always for being on, dude. Thanks for having me, Gab. Bill Buster Freestyle. That's the end of the podcast, folks. Follow us on Facebook and subscribe on iTunes. Thanks. Oh,